Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradigm. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Hello, everyone. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Welcome to another episode of Redefining Success. Joining me today is Lance Psycho, the an entrepreneur, co-founder of F9 Productions. Um, started out, I believe, it, I'm going to say this correctly, so Lance, you can correct me, is, is an architecture firm in the Colorado area, but what they're doing is so much more than that. And as I've had a chance to just kind of review and look at, it looks like they're kind of taking a whole different approach for this, which is what I love because you know my motto is, if it's not broke, break it. So Lance, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Eric. I love the energy so far. Yeah. So Lance, hey, do this real quick for me before we get started, because I know we're going to talk about F9 and other things you got going on inside of the business, but would you tell my audience a little bit about you outside the business? Absolutely. Uh, I am a um, avid fisherman and outdoorsman and family man and also a philanthropist outside of the business as well. I have a, a community garden. It's a nonprofit um, that I'm very, very proud of. And I hope it to be one of my legacy projects that lives on, obviously, and grows on after I pass. Um, but uh, I concentrate on my family. Um, so um, my wife and I, we have we have four beautiful children, uh, 13 to 18. We're starting to experience the empty nesting uh, phase of life, which is interesting. Uh, that's where my fishing uh, habit uh, addiction comes into play. I actually have a YouTube channel, a Newsbreak channel. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram there. It's uh, Fishing with Lance. And it. what I do is I torture myself and my friends and living um in the Boulder County area, we have just amazing access to the mountains. I mean, it's really incredible. Basically, I'm within about a half hour to an hour drive drive time to some of the best trailheads that mm. you can hike all the way up to the Continental Divide, get up you know, about 12,000 feet in the air in those very alpine glacial lakes. And I chase after Colorado uh, cutthroat trout all summer. Um, and I, I film the journeys up. I film the journeys while we're fishing and while we're coming back. I try to always bring friends and family members up there with me to experience that magic that happens up there. It's yeah. really a spiritual endeavor for me as well. Um, you know, as you know, Eric, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, podcaster, all of those things. Um, yeah. And then with a the family and everything, like everybody's pulling at you. You feel like you're pulled apart the whole week. I, by the time Friday comes around, I'm I'm completely demagnetized and like pulled in fifty million different directions. And what I found is the way for me to get back there is I'm going to hike five mm. miles in one direction, maybe two thousand feet up in the air, um, by myself or at least with other folks. I usually beat people up the mountain, so that's why it kind of ends up being by myself, <laughs> even if I have company. And uh, and that's where I recalibrate. And I sort of, de, you know, remagnetize mm -hmm. and become myself again. And it usually happens on like a Wednesday and a Saturday or a Saturday. 
And then by the time I'm pulled back together, then I'm, you know, I'm a practicing Catholic, go back to church um, and don't, I try not to miss mass whatsoever. Um, so do that every Sunday and then spend time with, with the family and the dog um, and all of those good things. So that's what I'm usually up to outside of work. Are you, you got any of your kids who come fishing with you or you, you really, it's. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the oldest one used to be just a, as addicted to it as me. And eventually he kind of got to that point where, you know, all, all children do where they're like, I, I'm, I'm ready to go off on my own and, and do my own things and stuff like that. The middle two, um, they, they were up almost every weekend with me. We did probably more camping and fishing trips than we have ever done. Um, so yes, uh, three out of the four like to do it. Um, and then I, every once in a while I'll drag my wife along and make her pretend that she likes fishing and uh, we have a good time. Well, hopefully she enjoys the outdoors, even if she doesn't enjoy the fishing. A hundred percent. Yeah. And she's much like me, you know, we need that sort of relief from the hustle and bustle. She's a, a, a realtor, uh, an entrepreneur herself. She's an investor. She's got multiple um, uh, rental properties and it's same sort of thing. It's like weekend comes. It's like, we need to just, we're basically become introverts in the weekend. It's really oh, this yeah. interesting Why back not? and forth. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Before we get into that, though, right now, Lance, what are you most passionate about today? I'm most passionate about our architecture firm. Um, we just hired, they call themselves the Michael Jordan of uh, marketing agencies. And they have some of the biggest clientele on the planet. And you basically have to get selected from mm -hmm. them to to be on to to be one of their clients. So we were very fortunate to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you who it is. It's Neil Patel. Um, yeah. And Neil Patel is, I mean, if, if you know who Neil Patel is, Neil Patel is a big deal. Yeah. So I'm most, ex most excited about that because uh, they're very expensive, but they're, they're, they're price, they're price for excellence. And that's one of the things I've even brought into our firm lately this last year, as I say to clients, you know, if they say we're too expensive, I'm like what we price for excellence. I mean, there's a reason why we have 74 five-star reviews in the state of Colorado, we're the highest rated architecture firm in Colorado for customer service. Um, so I'm most excited about growing that. Right now we have two offices. Uh, our headquarters I'm sitting in right now is in Longmont, Colorado. It's in Northern Colorado. Yep. We have a satellite office in Denver okay. and a total of seven staff. We actually staffed down last year. Um, some people just decided to take a different route. It actually worked out better for us because we ended up with 30% plus profit, which is outstanding yeah, for, yeah, a, for, for, for a, for a service-based business. That's really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and so it's refocused us in a way where I think our magic number is per office. We want to eventually be at seven in, in Longmont, seven in Denver, mm. and then maybe 10 years down the road, seven over on the Western, um, West of the continental divide. So the Western slope is what they call it in Colorado. If you've never been there, you know, mountains, Aspen, that sort of thing. Absolutely. That's what I'm most excited about. I mean, it was interesting. I took, I, I sort of already feel like I've had my midlife crisis and it, it, part of it happened because of COVID and just being locked in and not being able to do anything. And then at the same time, the kids were, were getting to the ages where they were really done with us. I mean, that you mm. get to this teenage stage and very shocking to me, it was all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, I forgot one of the reasons why I moved to Colorado was because all the mountains and the fishing and the outdoors mm -hmm. and like chase, you know, doing that, chasing that, that childhood, that boyhood sort of urge to do those sort of outdoor things. Yeah. Um, and I got back into it and then I kind of took a, a weird sort of semi sabbatical, I would say for probably about a year. My business partner will attest to that. I mean, he can just show you like, well, that's kind of checked out for about a year. And when I did that, 
it really re-energized me mm. for like the next 40 years of life. So I'm I just turned 40. That's what I'm most excited about is the next 40 years of life, the next um growth phase of F9 Productions, our architecture firm, yeah. and where we're gonna head from there. And I feel like we're finally positioned in that sort of way to where we can really start capturing and doing some big things. I love it. You're talking about a lot of things that are really kind of that get me excited. I, I need to be careful on kind of where we go here, but because we've only got a limited amount of time, but let tell everyone kind of, I guess you and your, your, your um, partner, Al Gore, not yes. the president or vice president, but yep. same name. Um, how'd you guys kind of get together? How did you get started? How did, how did F9 kind of get its start? And this is the redefining success podcast. So I'd love yeah. to kind of know what did you think it was going to be when you started versus kind of the journey of where you are today? We, we couldn't have started in a more non-traditional um, disruptive and, and disruptive way, I think, from the beginning. So to peel it back, uh, so Alex and I met in college in 2003 when we were both freshmen. Mm. And um, Alex always had this, just people just gravitated towards this guy. And I was like, I was like, he's, Al's a good looking guy. Uh, don't get me wrong, but he's certainly not like, you would look at him and go like, this guy is a rock star. <laughs> this guy just has that like movie star look, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Um, average height, you know, 5'11", average build. Um, it, but it's, I was like, but there's something about this guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know what it is. And I'm a very observative person. I just really sit there and watch people and pick up on the little things, which then lead to the big things and help you understand folks and stuff like that. So uh, I noticed that in the first year. Second year, we ended up being in, you get placed into a studio every semester in architecture school, okay. for those who don't know. And then, you know, we went from the freshman year, 350 people, it's selective in North Dakota State University, down to 50 people. Hmm. And then the studios, and then there's four studios. So you can see where I'm going with the math, like, you know, 12 people per studio-ish, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So you so you really start to get sort of back to like, wow, this is, is in a big university, as close as I could get to like a small Mm-hmm. Uh, scale structure like student to teacher ratio is very very small so um i again observed him in that class everybody loved him he hated me uh because he thought this guy is just like a uh he just chases girls and he's not serious and he's cocky mm-hmm. um and all of those things and uh arguably a little better looking so maybe there was some jealousy i don't know um but i was just still totally enamored with like everybody loves this guy. Like, they're yeah. like, what is it about him? And I knew he didn't like me and he, he knew I didn't like him. And so I made it a point the next semester, same. So it would, that would have been the spring semester of that same second year. I was like, I'm going to rip up. I'm, I'm always about ripping off the bandaid in life. I was yeah. telling this to the marketing team earlier. I was like, you guys want me to write 24 blogs? I'm going to do the hardest one first. Like, why mm. would I do the easiest one first? That doesn't seem <laughs> like the way I do it. I'm, I'm climbing up mountains by myself. Right. Uh, so I ripped off the mandate and said, I'm going to sit right across from Al Gore and I'm going to get to know him. Like I'm going to understand why people like him. And so we ended up actually liking each other or at least being able to tolerate each other after that. Yeah. So the guard was down next year. Then we, uh, we both again, somehow for grace of God, like yeah. I'm, I'm a huge believer in Providence. And it's like, for some reason, we kept getting put in the same studios, which is not normal. It, you don't just get every single time. Right. So we got put in the, the fall semester of our third year, and we had a team uh, design project. And I was the team leader on one, you know, this group of four. He was the team leader on a group of four. 
we sat the team sat close enough together to each other that we we could overhear discussions and the frustrations and all of that and we overheard enough that by the end of it we both looked at each other and said like if you and i were just on a team mm. we would complement each other with our strengths and weaknesses we don't even need these other six people out of the eight yeah. Like, like we got it. I like got, and we knew that we knew because Alex and I are proactive people and we think ahead about stuff like this is like, well, in fourth year, we're going to get to a mm. skyscraper project where you have to team up. So we sort of rigged the system a little bit when we're sitting down, jump for fast forward to fourth year. Like, I bet if we just sit next to each other, somehow the teachers will make it. So like in this very first lecture, like you'll be able to more or less pick your partner. Sure enough. Boom. We got to pick each other. And we're like, oh, this is, it was almost too good to be true. Right. And uh, we crushed. We won the skyscraper competition. It was exactly what we were both thinking mm. it would be once we got to work together. I'm much more engineering minded. Al is much more artist minded. But that we can cross. I mean, it was, that doesn't mean we're always like that. I'm very. Um, I'm I'm a certain type A. Al is also a certain type A. We're also certain type B. But either way, the complementary stuff happened there, mm. right? Um, and then it went even into to fourth year after that, or fifth year, sorry, our graduate year. Um, he was in, that was the only studio where he got put in a different studio. Okay. And he was like, I feel like I'm not even, this isn't, this isn't the culture I want in as far as studio goes. It's like, I'm, I'm missing my best friend. So like, he's like pulled his desk over. He infiltrated and sat next, right next to me. And basically his, my, uh, my professor became his professor more or less. Mm -hmm. And so we graduated. Um, I graduated at number one. He also graduated number one. Um, here's how it worked. Basically there's a, this uh, prize that you win for the best architectural thesis at North Dakota state. It's called the Mc Peter F. McKenzie award. It's the best overall thesis. Um, there's five finalists. He and I were both one of the five finalists. I won the actual award and sort of the award that kept him also being number one is he got the Alpha Chi Rho Award, which is oh. the best overall student. Got it. So it was like, ah, that's kind of a perfect way to end it. Right. Um, one of our favorite professors was Daryl Booker. And he told us, he always, especially when you're working on the Skyscraper competition, he would just brag about us and he'd be like, this is my Renaissance team. This mm. is my Renaissance team. These are guys are Renaissance men. And I just love that term so much because you're bringing old world, new world together, yeah. you know, and re-energizing in, in all sort of way and being disruptive, right? Like you, like, yeah. like your podcast is about. And so, uh, we graduated when we grad the night after we graduated, our parents were there. Um, family members were there. Our professors were there. We went up to the top of the hotel Donaldson where the party was, um, with, with everybody and everybody was kind of joking. Oh yeah. You guys, you guys got to start a firm in 10 years, you know, like, come on, like you guys are so good together. You got to do that. And we're like, yeah, for sure. For sure. So Al, Al, this was in 2007. Economy was about to break. Yep. yep. Um, and then, or 2008, sorry. Economy was about to just about shatter. And so he went and got one of the last internships in New York City, Studio Daniel Liebskin, the guy who did uh, the, the first redesign of the World Trade Center, like that kind of a prominent architect. I came and worked for um, architect, Young Architects of the Year, Brad Thomas and Christopher Harris, Studio HT, um, in Boulder, um, in that summer. And so we both went our separate ways across the continent and sure enough, the economy completely imploded and everybody knows about the great recession. If you don't, I don't know, I guess you've been living under a rock. Right. 
And so I had a great time uh, to start a business, by the way, literally the best time, yeah. absolutely the best time. The best time to be an entrepreneur is when you're starving and, and when there's when like, there's almost no hope and you have to climb up a mountain every single day. Yep. I think if you, I, you got to wake up hungry every single day. Absolutely. If you're an entrepreneur, you got to wake up with the mindset that you're broke. It is time to get after it and grind and, and do things and, and get going in life. Um, so that's how we started. And so mm. basically what happened was I got, I got laid off first, uh, or Alex got laid off first. So I knew the writing was on the wall. He literally watched from his high rise building, the people from wall street in all the movies wow. coming out with their paper, with their boxes yep. full of stuff. Yep. Like he watched the meltdown happen in real time in wall street with all the derivatives and everything. And, uh, he thought, ah, oh, this, this recession, cause we didn't know. This is our first recession. We're just millennials, older millennials. Ah, this will maybe last a year. It, you know, it didn't last year, right? right? It lasted many years. Uh, it's arguable in a lot of different areas, but he was like, I'll, I'll go back to grad school. I'll get my uh, master, another master's degree in construction management. And yeah, you know, I thought, ah, sure, maybe that's the way to go. So he, he went and did that. Uh, and then while that was happening, I got laid off a couple months later. And completely heartbroken, completely angry. I, I really got that Michael Jordan chip on my shoulder when that happened. You know the story where he gets yep. cut, he yeah. doesn't make it, and he's like, I, I, "I'm going to do." When men have, when men get that sort of chip on their shoulder, there's a fire that they. It's like we have unlimited energy at that point. It's like yep. the most amazing gift from God is this unlimited Amen. energy we have yep. to to thrive and strive for that. So uh, what I did instead of taking unemployment is uh, I, I really pride myself on doing that. I mean, people who took it, fine, good for you. But like, for me, it's a pride thing. Mm. It's a self-starting. It's a, I can do this on my own sort of thing. So I had two kids to feed. I had a, I, my, my, I was still married to my former wife at that point. I'm remarried now. Mm. And uh, I had no choice. I was like, I'm not going back to North Dakota. It's too cold there. Um, I, I love North Dakota, but it's too cold there. Like we moved to Colorado for a reason. Um, so I put out these ads on Craigslist of like, I, I, what I, what ha, used, this is when Craigslist was good. <laughs> Craigslist used to be much better, I think, um, for whatever reasons, but like one of them was you could basically make like a little web page with just some basic HTML work that could put in images. So I noticed, so, so, uh, prior to me doing to architecture school from the age of 13 until 21, I had worked every single trade in construction that was possible wow. Wow. For, yeah. for each summer on and off. Um, I had also started like maybe two little companies before that, just doing subcon, just being like a, being like a subcontractor or general contractors. Sure. Um, I I'd went to tech school, tech school to be a, to go for building construction tech at North Dakota state, North Dakota state school of science. So I had that, that, that blue collar to fall back on and Boulder during the recession, real estate prices only changed about 1%. wasn't mm -hmm. a big deal. Kind of just flat. And people still had money from the tech sector and they were still doing remodeling, painting. Mm. So what I did is I put together these pretty flashy at the time, Craigslist ads. And, and the, I'm, the title was like, I know what the opposite of what these what these housewives are tired of dealing with in Boulder because I've been around the block enough. And I it was like uh, smart, young, uh, handsome, sober, uh, <laughs> handyman. And the phone never quit ringing. Wow. I, I worked for cash. Um, and I was able to fill that gap from the point of getting laid off with a very, very poor, poor, poor severance. I think it was like a thousand dollars. That doesn't do much when you got kids. Nope. 
um, up until the point where I was able to start landing CAD work, drafting work, mm. uh, the first house, the first clinic, first clinic I even brought back to the firm that laid me off. It was hilarious. And then um, I, I, tell, I told Al, I'm like, Al was about ready to wrap up school. He's like, I can't live with mom and dad anymore because he was. He finished school. The recession wasn't over. And he's like, I can't do it. And I go, how much money do you got saved up? I think it was like six grand or something. It wasn't much. And I go, well, I'll tell you what. Like, I've, I've got this big house. I've got all this CAD work. I've got a clinic. I go, you got six grand. That's a couple months worth of rent. The apartment built, the apartment right above my apartment just opened up. I was like, it'd be perfect. Like, mm. why don't you come down? Let's do this. Let's do this. We weren't even licensed. We weren't even licensed architect. The one big caveat I would add to anybody who's listening on it, some attorney in Consequence sue me is like, you don't have to be a licensed architect to do houses in Colorado. Got up it. to 13,000 square feet. There's all kinds of work you can do as an unlicensed person. Um, so that's how we started F9 Productions. Right. The name comes from, we also didn't have any built work at that time, right? I mean, we'd only been employed by those other architects for like nine months mm. each. So all we had were renderings, architectural renderings from our portfolio that we worked so hard on in school. And the joke was, when you hit the F9 key on the top of your keyboard with the software we used to use, that's an F, it's an F9 production. So that's all we had to go from was these from scratch sort of things. We starved for the first three or four years. We did some really uh, fundamental things correct. We did some guerrilla marketing that was way different than other people. We pissed off. Um, and uh, other architects have started to notice us. Um, and then we we just rethought, mm-hmm. you know, how you should be, like, what what is the end goal, right? The end goal is drawings. Well, what's the quickest way to get there? What's the software we're using? And we, we reformatted this whole uh, template that we now sell in this teaching series mm-hmm. of we're going to model the buildings like they're going to get built. So we virtually test how it's going to get built before it gets built. Mm to try to level ourselves up as these folks who didn't have all this experience yet. That's how we're going to get that experience. We're going to, we're going to push that level and that experience like through and, and sort of leapfrog that whole situation, which is why we would develop RevitRocketship.com for architects to try to take, make that same leap yeah. early on in their career or later in their career. It doesn't matter. Um, then in 2013, the economy finally started to pick up. And since then we've grown from a firm that, you know, this does, you know, lower six figures up to um, uh, up seven figures plus with 30% profit. Um, at one point, we were at 10 people architects-wise. I already talked about it. I think we staffed down a little bit um, for various reasons, which is all good in our book. We're actually just leaner, meaner, more efficient now heading into this new recession that we're sort of in, this weird uh, economic area. And then we have our – and then that spawned um, a couple things. We took a couple big leaps. Uh, we did um, – in 20 – in 2014, we were driving home one day, me and Al, uh, after we'd been in business for a while. Oh no, it was even sooner than that. It would have been, it would have been 2010. We were driving home. We 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 splurged because we bought some burgers in Boulder after we got our first duplex, and we because we were like, we got to celebrate little stuff. You got to do that, otherwise, what's yep. the point of living? Um, so we were driving home and we called one of our friends up, and his name was Blake, and he was working on a different architecture firm. While we were just starting ours, and he said, we said like, hey, uh, you know, how's it going? He's like, oh, you know, I'm kind of depressed, sick of work. I'm like, how much money do you got? <laughs> and he goes, oh, I got about 25000 And I'm like, ah, oh, why, why don't you, you're always talking about these tiny houses. Why don't you, why don't you build um, one and just travel around the United States and take photographs? Like, 
you don't have any responsibilities. You have no kids. You have nothing. You have, I mean, just do it. Like you, you only live once, right? We were still in our twenties. Oh, he wasn't going to do it, but we're, we're those people that just, we just leap off edges sometimes me and I mean, a lot of times. And uh, so when we got home that night, we bought the domain name, Blake's tiny house.com. We made a little quick little website. We emailed him in the morning, Blake and said, Hey, it looks like you're doing it. And he went (laughs) along with it for a while. (laughs) He went along with it for a while. Eventually he, he capitulated and was like, because the organic traffic we got off of that website was insane. That's we were getting calls from uh, TV producers because it was right at the cusp of when the tiny house movie yeah. was coming out. Yep. And we are always about trying to invent uh, and reconfigure and disrupt like what the typical thing is. So you at that time, you were seeing like tiny houses that were just sort of cabiny, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kitschy, basically yep. an RV, but a little bit better. Right. And we were like, the whole point of this is to blur the line between inside and outside to like get out of mm. the urban environment, get into the nature and all that. And we, we were like, and they're not really dynamic. So why don't we do a transforming tri- tiny house? Mm. So what we ended up developing was this foldable tiny house, the the deck, there's this deck that folds up, the awning that folds down. If you go to, if you just look up Atlas tiny house on, on the internet, if people are listening, they can find it. And, uh, and, and so we did all these designs and we, we got a lot of media attention. And then, then one day, but we never, never got built um, for like a couple of years, but we would get all these inquiries. We even did a couple of sizzlers with, with like producers. And then one day Al was with his fiance down in uh, Denver at the uh, uh, tr- like home and trade show. And HGTV was there and they mm. said they had a big, they had a tiny house set up and they were said, we we're looking for architects or builders, anybody who's building tiny houses and Al goes, Oh, we're doing that. We were not doing that. We're doing that again. <laughs> and so Al signs us up, comes back to the office, and he goes, "Hey, we're we're going to be on HGTV. We're building a tiny house." I'm like, "How are we paying? <laughs> how are we paying for it?" We took out a business loan. It was it. literally the only business loan you've ever taken out. Um, in that regard, and so we took out a business loan. We filmed. We built it, and that was some of the best marketing we could have ever done mm. uh, for ourselves because we ended up winning an internet international architecture award for it. That was huge in itself. But then we were on television every two weeks and television was still a thing back then. Maybe it's a little less now with social media and all that yeah. stuff. The television episode got seen so much and it was so popular that tiny house because it got into dwell to dwell magazine. Uh, Subaru saw it. Oh, and man. Subaru. Yeah. Yeah. Subaru saw it. And they said, uh, we want you to build, and they contact us. And they say, we want you to build two more, but we want them to be twice as dynamic, twice as big, twice, you know, all these things. And the first one, you're, we were inventing right. a tiny, a new sure. kind of tiny house. Absolutely. Very difficult to do, very difficult to build. And I looked at Al and I go like, it, I'm not doing it. Like it's too far. It's it's just, it's just so taxing because um, I know I'm going to have to be the lead builder carpenter with all the experience and stuff like that. Uh, and I go, and I go, I don't know, I have to get my wife on board for this, you know, because she knows what it's like when we go into these builds, like it's go time for months. I'm not seen a lot. Um, and he goes, well, I'll tell him, how about if I tell him this number and they go for it? And I go, if, if they go for that number, not a problem. They didn't even blink. So we Should have doubled built- it. Yeah, more or less. So so we built them. It was profitable. It was very successful. Those ones on the website are the Titan, Titan Tiny Homes. And they they went they toured all across the United States. Um, and then we made enough profit off of that 
to finally take the full leap to become an architect, builder, and developer. We bought a third of an acre in Longmont. I'm sitting in the office right now that we built. That's so cool. And so we built a third. We we built a third triplex and a sixplex. Um, we started. We so we bought that in 2017. And then, you know, it's two, about two-year process to get through all the permits and the building and everything like that. We wore all three hats, the architect, developer, contractor. And uh, and then we ended up retaining three of the units as investment properties. Obviously, one of the one of the uh, the uh, one is the office. And then that also spurred F14 Productions, which is our general contracting firm, okay. um, which is also now doing over seven figures a year. So that's kind of the how where we yeah, came yeah, from, how we did it, and not, yeah. And then I, mean, the I told you in the beginning. I told everyone in the beginning, right? You you are a guy after my own heart, which is if it's not broke, break it, because the industry typically gets stuck in a rut on the way that mm-hmm. things should be done, and that's what you guys did in the architecture industry was really just kind of go break it. Absolutely, um, I think that that's what I would. You know, we're going to run out of time here pretty quick, but I think that's what I'd encourage everybody who's listening is take. Lance's story and Al's story and recognize like where in your business are there opportunities to disrupt and mess up things that are going on. And I think, and Lance would probably agree with this pretty quickly. Sometimes in the middle of disruption, it feels very lonely, but if Mm -hmm. you will stick it out and get to the other side, it's always worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. The best, I mean, what does a diamond have to do to become a diamond? No, you get crushed. A lot of pressure, right? A lot of pressure. So that you have to go through those big stages of growth. I mean, even just a woman giving birth, that's a huge deal. It's very painful. And then, then the beauty of life comes out from that. So like the pain, if you can learn to honestly sort of be a little, that's maybe why the fishing thing and the hiking <laughs> thing works for me, right? It's like, am I a little bit of a sucker for pain? Because then I get down at the mountain at the end of the day, I'm like, I feel like I accomplished something today. There you Plus go. I'm rejuvenated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Lance, if people want to keep up with you, keep track of you, I know you guys have the podcast, tell everybody about that and just kind of how can they kind of keep up with everything that's going on with F9 and the other work you've got. Yeah, if you go to F9productions.com, eventually there'll be a pop-up that shows up on your website, or you can just go to contact and you can get on our our email list. Uh, We we send out a newsletter every month. If you'd like to keep up with us, uh, with uh, what we do inside the firm, that's why the podcast is called that. It's basically our... CEO meeting every week. We talk about things inside the firm, literally. I mean, we don't try to hold back whatsoever. We won't name names typically about people if there's bad stuff or anything like that. Um, but then we also talk about, you know, the bigger picture too. Of where's Where do we think the economy is going? Um, what we're seeing as far as fees and all of that sort of thing, strategies. Um, so you can find us there at insidethefirmpodcast.com. We're on all the popular, we're on YouTube, we're on uh, iTunes and all that sort of thing. If you want to link in with me, please do. You can find me on LinkedIn. That's probably where I'm most um, available professionally. Uh, first name Lance, last name Psycho, spelled C-A-Y-K-O. Awesome. Awesome. Lance, my last question as we finish up here is always the same. So I'm excited to hear your answer. In three generations, what do you hope your great grandchildren remember about you? I hope they remember two words, and that would be grit and perseverance. Mm. And I hope that somehow, even this episode and all the episodes, and every time I've tried to do something like this, podcast-wise, radio-wise, any of those sort of things, they can find me, and they can hear me, and I hope that I can influence them in a positive way um, after I'm gone. That's powerful. That's powerful. Lance, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Eric. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. We will be back again with another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you.
Have a fantastic day. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavant.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.